Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. And in this episode, we're going to break down five low-risk, high-value moves that you can teach your players to consistently make within the game of basketball. Anytime within a sport, we want to do things that have a high success rate, without minimizing the risk. And these five moves will help you do that. Before we get into our interview, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. They also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles. With one of the largest selections of trucks in the state, they are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin, our truck country, stop in and see them today. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, they will get you right. When I lived in Ohio, I still went all the way up to Standish because I knew they were gonna take care of me when it came to getting a new vehicle. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. Okay, as we dig right into it, I want to make sure that as coaches and with all the players that I work with, I try to emphasize to our players that we don't make moves, we make reads. And based on the reads, that allows us to make decisions, and those decisions may involve what you would call a move, whether that's a crossover, a step back, a spin move, a pro hop, up and under, it could vary. But... Basketball is not about you having a great ball handling skill, for example, and then that immediately translates. We have to be able to read the game, understand the game, and then learn where certain actions and decisions can lead to us having success. So with that said, the number one move that I have and I try to emphasize with my players is no move. The best move is no move. You shoot it, you drive it, or you move it. And it's really that simple. If there is an opening and something to be taken advantage of, you just do it. And that's a decision that takes repetition, that takes some gameplay, randomized work. It takes uh, instruction from the coach to make sure that players are understanding that you don't want to overthink and overcomplicate things. The best move is no move. Shoot it, drive it, or move it. Now we'll get a little more specific with the next four that I have. And I also want to emphasize, I'm not saying these are the best moves in the game of basketball. I'm saying that these are simply five moves that are low risk and they have a high reward. So number two, when you're in transition, You're coming down on a defender. You're closing the gap on the defender. The in and out dribble is a very high value, low risk move. And here's why. Many times as you're bringing the basketball up the court, you have to dribble it anyway. So I can substitute an in and out dribble instead of a dribble that I would be taking in a game anyway. Yet it allows my defensive player to make a mistake because I've moved the basketball, I've made slight movement with my shoulder. 
The in and out is also a great move that I can use to stretch out driving angles, whether it's in the full or the half court set. An in and out can be used to as a lateral movement. I may have the basketball in my right hand. I go in to my left. I go back out to my right, and I really drift laterally. And if that defensive player cuts me off early, then I can cross over and change direction. If I make that in and out move drifting laterally and that defender doesn't slide at the same rate that I am, now I can push the basketball through and go. You see Steph Curry use this, and if he gets a crack, he takes a three. Um, so being able to use the in and out in various situations is a high reward move. And because it stays in the same hand, there's also less risk in that, right? Compared to going between legs, behind the back, crossover, spin move, there's this change of hands that has to take place. The basketball stays in the same hand anyway, yet it's still a change of direction move. Another way that this is high value with low risk of making a mistake or getting picked. When it comes to driving, we try to emphasize with our players that we wanna close the gap on the defender. So closing the gap, I like to say about arms length away. After we've closed the gap, we want to attack tight or clip the hip. That's step two. Driving tight enough to our defensive player that they have to open up and try to get into a recovery position instead of simply lateral sliding or cross-stepping to beat us to the spot. And then once we've attacked tight, we wanna work on trying to sever that line or get the defender out of the play, which brings me into our third high value, low risk move. And this is what I call a body dribble. You use a body dribble when you're attacking, oftentimes you're in that mid-range area off the dribble trying to get to the rim could happen in other points, especially if you're bringing the basketball up against full court pressure. But oftentimes it's in that mid-range area after you've taken the first dribble. And the defensive player has their chest more so to the driver's shoulder. It's still a 50-50 game. There's some contact. The defensive player is trying to veer that offensive player out and away from the basket. And the offensive player is still trying to get into the rim. And this is, you know, when we talk about our three basic levels of driving, of closing the gap, attacking tight, and then severing that defender's line to cut you off, the body dribble gets into that third phase of trying to get that defensive player away. So if I'm driving to, let's say, the right elbow, and I have the defensive player protecting and their chest is, is on my left shoulder, I'm going to take a body dribble. So a body dribble is a defender body basketball position. And as I step in with my left foot into the defensive player, I'm making sure that I'm dribbling the basketball away from my frame. It would be more so a right hip dribble if I have the defender on my left shoulder and my left hip. Again, that body dribble, low shoulder, low hip, and my step goes into my defensive player. Now, once I create contact, now I can create separation, initiate to separate. This isn't necessarily a veer finish, although that is a, a great finish. A lot of times a veer finish, it's on the pickup of the basketball. This one, you can keep dribbling. If you use your body dribble and bump them, you might bump them a second time. You might kick it out. You might take another dribble and get into a shot fake right up in your finish, whatever it might be. 
it's a live dribble that we are creating contact in order to create separation. This is a move that I wish I would have done much more often in my younger playing days of being able to really drop the shoulder and bump a defensive player off of their line to cut me off. The fourth move. The reason that I love this one is because it happens and is effective at every layer. People talk about this player can score at all three levels. It happens at all those levels, all of those layers, and that's being able to effectively use the shot fake. Now, I've heard different terms as far as what makes a good shot fake, six inch shot fake, you know, keep the hips low. And there's all many great teaching points to an effective shot fake. But to me, the most effective area of the shot fake is what you do with your head and what you do with your eyes. If I'm making sure that my eyes are on the rim, my, my eyes are getting big, my eyebrows are coming up, my chin, my head is lifting up to the basket, that's a great fake. And the better shooter you are, the less you'll end up actually having to use the ball. It's simply that head fake oftentimes is enough to lift that defensive player up and then you can get in your drive, especially if you're a three-point shooter. And the reason I think this is such a high-value, low-risk move is because once you get to the basket, everybody thinks they're a shot blocker. Very, very, very few people are actually legit shot blockers. And so being able to shot fake will get so many people lifting out of their shoes, flying by, and now you have an easy layup, you have help defense that you've drawn, so now it's an easy assist, or you're getting to the free throw line. A lot of players don't want to shot fake because it doesn't look that cool most of the time compared to, you know, what a kid's like, you know, a jelly finish or something where they're hanging in the air and jumping into the fender and they're scooping it away. Those are great finishes, don't get me wrong. But regardless of your size and your athletic set, you can all master a great shot fake and it can immediately transfer to better game results. So using that shot fake is key. Now we're at number five. We teach a bunch of different finishing shots and moves uh, within our player development camps. But one thing that I think is underused is the simple reverse layup. Being able to use the net and the rim for protection, getting to the other side to score. As I mentioned before, when it comes to attacking and finishing, there's so many players that will try to get into the air, bump, hang, pump the basketball, and do different things, jelly finish while they're often on the same side of the hoop. If we can just use the rim and the net, and even the backboard sometimes as protection, that's a great way for us to minimize the risk of taking a shot around the rim, getting a high reward. Often a reverse layup means we're shooting it off the backboard. So repping that out, practicing your mic and finishes, practicing different angles where you're crossing from one side of the rim to the other and working on getting it off the glass with either hand, off of either foot or off of both feet are easy transferable ways that we can get better results, shoot at a higher percentage while minimizing the risk of certain moves and shots that we would take in a game. wrap up those five real quick. 
Number one, the best move is no move. You shoot it, you pass it, you drive it. Number two, undervalued move is your in and out, especially in transition. Low risk of turning the basketball over, high reward as far as making the defense have an opportunity to make a poor decision. Number three is your body dribble, that intermediate area when you're attacking the basket, initiating contact to create space, initiating contact to draw the foul, initiating contact so that defender doesn't have an opportunity to bump you off of your driving line. Four, your shot fake finishes, shot fake step through, shot fake cross step, shot fake Kobe, that'd be your reverse pivot, but using the shot fake with a great head and eye fake will allow you to be more successful on the perimeter, in the mid range, and attacking the basket. Now, when we get all the way to the basket, using the reverse layup, instead of always trying to finish on the same side and using the backboard, jumping off either foot, either hand, or with both feet can help you get better results while minimizing the risk of poor shot selection, more turnovers while you're playing the game. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it out with somebody who also may find it beneficial. Thanks for checking out the Coach's Edge podcast. And I think we're going to do this a little bit more each week moving forward this fall. We'd like to have kind of a longer term interview with another coach. And then another time during the week, we'll have a quick hitter episode with something that hopefully you guys can find beneficial for your program. Thanks for listening and get after it today.